Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all points in between and outside of that spectrum. Welcome in to the Warriors of Lust podcast, episode number five. And we're going to go ahead and give the warning right from the rip today. The spoiler embargo on Endwalker has officially been lifted as of this episode. We will be talking about Endwalker, our experiences with it, and most importantly, who we thirst over inside of it. So wonderful to have you all along. I am your enemy of innocence, sucking way, Callie Page. I am the insatiable alt-addicted, Jiraku Drake. And I am the temptress of fate, no fucking way, Serena Hima. I'm a big fan of no fucking way. That one's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. That one's up yeah. there. That, that one's up there with three way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna come up with a good Laparit name, so I'm not even gonna try. They already took singing way. Okay, what's left for me? What if you just become fucking way? But hmm, wouldn't the logic paradox be a little bit to you know? I I I don't I don't think enough for that. That's fine. Fair enough. So uh, it is official. We can talk about Endwalker this episode. So let's do a little bit of that before we get into our opening segment today. Let's chat a little bit about Endwalker. Um, Reaper mirror match. My husband came back. To the game? Yes. Are you excited? I thought he died. <laughs> and I got to see him again. You did. You did. The uh, way I screamed. When Emmett Selk showed up? Yeah, that was... It was pretty good. Uh, I mean, you actually, I'll tell you what, that, that last couple hours, Serena, for you had to be something between Xenos and Emmett Selk. And oh it was like everyone I'm, you love showed up. Yeah, I was in tears. Like the last, yeah. like whatever of gameplay, I, I think I was just crying the whole way through. Even in the battles, I was just crying. It was basically like from the moment uh, we got to the end of Omicron base with uh, Graha until the credits rolled, I was just like a mess. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was really beautiful. We'll go around uh, the table, I guess, and uh, everyone want to just give their thoughts on uh, Endwalker. What stands out to you about Endwalker, and did it live up to your hopes and expectations, uh, Jiraku? Um, for context, I have been playing through all of Shadowbringers on multiple alts over the past week, uh, so I get to compare the two directly back to back, and. I feel that Endwalker is fantastic. It's amazing. Uh, the only thing I can compare it to is it is what would have happened if Metal Gear Solid 4 actually achieved anything it set out to do. As far as this is a game made for people that love this game, that loves this game, and wants to celebrate loving it with you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, feel, I feel very strongly that in almost every aspect... Endwalker is the absolute peak of Final Fantasy XIV so far. Uh, down to, I think, the mechanical improvements have even universally been either a side grade or an upgrade. This It's the first time I've ever been able to look at all the job changes and go, well, none of these got worse. Except for Ninja. Sorry, Ninja. I don't know. Being able to do a sick lightning dash is cool. It's Not cool, having to Kasatsu stacks sucks, but... I mean, it's it just feels clunky though when you do it. I mean, listen, I'm not a ninja main, so I'm not gonna like die on that hill. But I've I've heard a lot of upset ninjas. 
the the most upset I've heard is Dark Knight because they basically gained nothing. Yeah, but that's they all they gained is best DPS in the game for tanks. I mean, you know, if you call that nothing. But no, no new button. I know they didn't get anything new in Spiffy, and it it still feels kind of how it did last time. And now everyone else gets to do what made them cool. So I get it. Yeah. Um, and as far as the plot, I couldn't fucking believe. I, I look at my screen and the quest, the main scenario quest required level is 84. And I go, what in the fuck is going on? Oh, by the way, Where, there's there's your Loperate name. I couldn't fucking believe. I couldn't there fucking we go. believe. <laughs> there we got it. Um, how about no way? No fucking way. <laughs> oh, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> that was Serena's. Dude, I told, you, I told you no fucking way. That's true. I in in my brain, yours was emphasizing the fucking, and mine is emphasizing the no. But you're right; it is. <laughs> We're like the twins. There's I, no fucking way, and no fucking way. Like, yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> I um, I I really uh want want to follow up on that. First of all, we all had that moment of like we're queuing up for Zodiac, and we're like, huh. So I thought this was gonna be the last fight. What? Yeah, I was like, I, I thought, like, I'm like, isn't he supposed to be, like, the big bad? Like, this is a little premature here. This but. is our Titania equivalent? <laughs> All <laughs> right, then. I, I knew something was up when I fought the Mega Sisters, and it was a dungeon boss. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we fight Anima, and it's the sickest fucking dungeon boss fight we've ever had. And I was so, so happy. It's so good. Yeah, no, uh, Tower of Zot and Tower of Babel were both amazing, uh, really good dungeons. And it really, I'll tell you what made that really ring uh, true today was just today. I was doing my leveling roulette, and we got Cutter's Cry. Oh, God. And I sat there thinking, you know what? 2.0 is not as good as people say it was, because uh, 2.0 had Cutter's Cry, and 6.0 had the Tower of Zot. And that is how far dungeons have come when they thought like Brave Floxes and Zemile Darkhold and freaking Cutter's Cry and the, the uh, what's it, the Stone Vigil. Like those were the dungeons that we had in like the 30s and 40s. And now we're up here in the level 80s and 90 up to 90 getting to do shit like Anima. And it's so much better. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to say there's two other things that hard standout to me about Endwalker that I'm just floored by. And mm -hmm. uh, the first being my fate. I think FF14 is at its best when it is not directly copying things that have existed in other Final Fantasy games, but is doing its own FF14-y version of it. Like how right. back in the day, before we got more info about it, Alamigo was very obviously, we wanted to do something inspired by Evilies, but it's not just we cut and paste of Evilies. Right. right. We, we want to have Rabinaster without having Rabinaster. And this is the absolute best. Like my the peak of this to me is we went to the fucking far plane, goddammit. And they no one called it the far plane. No one fucking sent us to Guado Salam to talk to the fucking Guado and blah blah blah. But we went to the fucking far plane. And that is such an awesome visual interpretation of that. Everything they set up with the fucking Elpis flowers oh and God. the fucking and just oh it's so good it's so perfect didn't see that coming and then you get there and it's like this is literally the same visual but ff14e and it's great and yep. i loved it and the other thing is that i 
fucking adore that they decided that at the fucking darkest moment, <laughs> even though like we'd already been told we have a one-up, I don't know how dark that was supposed to really be. <laughs> These are illusions of things that happened, and you have a one-up. Don't worry, no one's gone. Um, but like we're at the we're at the we're standing alone, and it's like, bitch, you thought you could get to the end of this? It was pointless from the start. Fucking Emmett Selk and Hythlidaeus walk off screen like the Greek choir. Walking <laughs> off screen like the Greek choir, and they're like, ha ha, that was dumb. Ha ha, wow. And Emmett Selk's going on his completely ridiculous Sundere spiel that I adore, <laughs> and then looks at the camera and goes, by the way, Endwalker is not the last expansion. Yeah. Work. What about Maricidia? Yeah, here's what? your exactly. here's the things you haven't done yet. Exactly. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so Serena sequel hook, sequel hook, sequel hook, sequel hook. Serena, walk me through where, where you're at with it then. Uh, did it live up to expectations for you? What were some of your major takeaways from Endwalker? Um it definitely surpassed my expectations. This was actually my first ever playing the expansion like a week after it dropped Mm -hmm. um i've never actually experienced all like the crazy login shit that's happened like i was like i was like login q savage (laughs) i've never experienced this so i was like okay but finally being able to go in and like go through and take my time playing something i absolutely adored it i like how this like they kind of like tied up a lot of loose ends to some things uh, you, uh, I, by, by that do you mean all of the loose ends ever yeah. got tied up <laughs> yeah exactly because they were just like oh you remember this character well here they are and here's the information i'm like huh all i could think <laughs> by the way in the sequence in charlayne where everyone starts showing up like all our friends from the past are showing up yes. all i could think is like oh jirak gonna be so happy he got to see radley akeen again there she is <laughs> i know right <laughs> i was happy actually yeah yeah i i do think one of my favorite things is um when you know we have an issue with technology and we're like hmm let's fix this and then it shows up and he's like what the fuck y'all didn't call <laughs> i'm right here guys I, why did you just call me up like, i do want to fucking time you guys don't call me and you're going to space what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> you yes. fucking need me i i do want to take a moment to mention though that sequence um and how utterly satisfying it was i'm gonna say i've been playing this game since 1.0 mm-hmm. and uh i you know i've, I've been I've been through the highs and I've been through the lows with this game. And um, that moment, while I know a lot of people, maybe I don't know how everyone felt about it, but that moment where you need like these, this stuff that should be incredibly difficult to get. And Alphano gets on the, uh, like gets on the horn and just calls a few and a few favors and says, cool, I've got it. And he's like sitting there dumbfounded. And it really actually as simple of a scene as it was, it went such a long way to make me feel like a lot of those moments that I've suffered through some of the lows, the aforementioned lows mm-hmm. kind of came back around and like made it work. Like that's why you had to go do all those. So I like, think like when you think about the sky pirates quest line and, and void arc and all that stuff, like it's fine, but it was so out there and this made it feel like it, it had a, it served a bigger purpose rather than just, we're going to go check out the weeping city of mock. I, really really loved that whole sequence and getting to see kind of all the people that we've interacted with and helped over the last few years especially because they picked some really like 
there are some obscure references that you have to have done. Like there's like stuff related to gathering quests in there for people who will show up. Uh, some of the the uh, customized deliveries can show up there. Like a lot of stuff can happen. It's like Jiraku choosing his thirst down person. Yeah, it's, that's it's what they true. did. That's true. <laughs> They're like, I, you wanted an obscure character. Here they are, Jiraku. Take your pick. I feel like Jiraku was at Square Enix headquarters, <laughs> and like, hey, we need to think of some more people to have show up. And Jiraku's like, I've got people. I got. People I've got days people. you like, haven't oh, seen. Op- opens up a notebook. Have you Only this the hot ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Radley Akeen showed up. But exactly. that that scene was very powerful because then you realize like how many like because we made a lot of connections, but like how many connections. Because I saw saw on Twitter someone post a thing about Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to hear this concept of whoever your ship is with the Warrior of Light is the only one who loves you, like the one that truly understands and loves you. Endwalker went so far out of its way to plaster the moral across the game of look how many people love you. Look yeah. how many true like people whose lives you've truly affected who will now at the drop of a, a, a of a hat come and help you and, and and they are you know part of you now like I thought that was beautiful yeah yeah I think it was it was very moving I was like dang and then I think one of my other favorite scenes um, was in the last fight and singer fight. Mm-hmm. when you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit we didn't beat it and then all of a sudden the scions are like we got you bitch I, that's like i'm so bad at like portraying how i feel about things because i'm just like no i i love it I, <laughs> so i got to that part and my i think like a lot of people, my first thought there was "Ooh, this dps check is tight we did not make it we are mm-hmm. not even close uh but we get to that point and uh serena i don't know if you've gotten if you've ever uh because i know you came into the game later actually both both of you came into the game later, right? I mean, to find later. I got here in like 2.1. 2.1, okay. So I've you, only been playing some Shadowbringers. So, Jiraka, you've for sure seen it. Um, Serena, have you ever gotten to go back and watch the um, the end of an era cutscene where uh, Dalamud falls and they fail at the Battle of Cartano and we all get sent into the future? Have you ever gotten a chance to go back and watch no. that cutscene? So, I'm going to give you the, the, the Cliff Notes version here. Um, when 1.0 ended, they took the servers offline because the game was so crap that it had to be basically be rebuilt from scratch. Uh, and they they launched 2.0. When 2.0 came out, we got uh, this cutscene that uh, showed kind of what happened at the end of 1.0, uh, where Louis Swa has gathered um, his uh, the circle of knowing. They have all gone to different parts across uh, uh, Eorzea and are praying to the Twelve to basically bind and seal Bahamut again once he's broken free. Mm-hmm. And um, it so the opening cutscene shows Thancred and Yishtola and Papalimo and uh, Lee, uh, Ida at the time, I guess, uh, all of them praying to the Twelve to you know uh, bring their prayers forth and bind Bahamut. And of course, it doesn't end up working. But in that sequence, in the Ensinger fight, when you see Yishtola Thank- and Thancred and Urianje praying again, they're in the exact same poses that they were in that 2.0 no! cutscene. It's it's shot for shot the same. 
it, yeah. it was beautiful. <laughs> that has so much more meaning because, like, even even going back and doing that fight now, when that happens, I'm still like, I still get like the tinglys. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh this is such a good scene. And and Walker did <laughs> such a good job of taking these moments that, like, if you've like if like you don't have to have been around since the beginning to get a mm-hmm. lot out of it because clearly you loved that moment. But mm-hmm. if you have been around since the very beginning. It's so powerful. And like the same thing happened when we first go to Charlene, you get on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can hear answers playing kind of in the background. That sequence where you kind of wake up next to Graha on the boat, that is the opening of the original beta of the game. You on a boat, to you're going to Limsa Laminsa, but it's that, again, it's shot for shot, basically, that scene of your character waking up on the boat hearing answers playing. So, um... What? Mm-hmm. I, I, had, I actually thought that that cutscene first played, uh, they when they were taking the servers offline, the last thing they did before they took the servers offline yes. was everyone who was, who was still logged in saw that. Yeah, so basically what happened is as the servers were going offline in 1.0, there was basically just an eternal battle that was going on. No matter how long you fought in it, you could never actually win. Uh, and then when the server ticked down to the last moment, that cutscene played, and then the servers were offline, and that was the end. Um, they modified it a little bit in the 2.0 version for release, but it's basically the same cutscene. But yeah, so rad. It, That's it, so. What it a was, way to take your servers down. Yes, it was a beautiful ending of 1.0, a beautiful beginning of 2.0, and once again a, a magnificent callback in Endwalker uh, to to call back to that moment and really bring everything kind of full circle. And I think that's kind of what I want to say about my experience with Endwalker is uh, to say it lived up to expectations doesn't do it justice. It it absolutely lived up to expectations. I at, in the span of a story, I laughed, I cried. I got. I was seething with anger at one point when when Zeno's done stole my body. I, oh my god! I, I was sitting at my computer like so. I hate Zenos. I, I you you two know Wait. this. I have hated Zenos. I did. I don't like him as a villain. I I think he's boring. I think he's cliche. I think he sucks. But I I was on stream and literally he stole my body and I realized what was happening and I I stopped there and put the, pushed the microphone like okay, all right, fuckface, I'm in. All right, let's do it. You, you you wanted me mad? You got me mad, Square Enix. And I hated him, and I was ready to kill his ass. Oh, my God. That scene... Like, listen, I, we know I, I love Xenos, but just it's primarily for how he looks. Yeah, for him being thick and, and juicy. Maybe because he's a little bit of an asshole, but that, that's, yeah. just, that's just a me thing. Mm-hmm. But when he took my body, I was like, hey, yo, fucker, give that bitch back. It ain't yours. <laughs> I was yo. so mad. That was the most tense sequence I have played <gasps> in a video game in so long. Yeah. I was so scared. Like, that scene... I'm like, if he murders a scion in my body, I'm going to be furious. Like, doing that duty, I was like, where the fuck am I going? What am I doing? Can I say I wish that, uh, I mean, obviously, given what happens later on, I understand Mm -hmm. why they didn't kill a scion there. But I wish that they had, because what a message to the player base of, you know, hey, you wanted death to have meaning? This is on you. And we used your body to do it. Like, what an amazing moment that would have been, even as I sat there screaming in terror. I was so scared. I was absolutely terrified when now. he was walking up to the camp in your body. I was oh, yeah. like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Oh, yeah. Ow. Now, that was not the most tense moment of oh, 
of end walker the most tense moment of end walker was our uh, elephant friend carrying that baby and running back to town with the baby in his hand I, yep. I cried so hard the baby I starts cried. turning into a monster and you're like oh my fucking god they're doing this I, and she starts turning into a monster yeah i listen i had to sit there like okay i had to remind myself like okay there's no way they're about to murder a baby in this game i don't believe that's going to happen but I'm sitting there like getting really nervous and tense because the whole time I sat there thinking like, okay, the husband's going to die, but we'll go save the mom and the child. Oh, the mom's dead. Yeah. Oh my God. She's dead. Oh no. And then the baby's like running away and I'm like, no. And it's literally like, they're literally trying to make this the worst moment of the warrior of lights life. And it was so good. It was so tense. I was in tears. I have elephants are like one of my favorite animals. Oh, um. So anything that was going on with Matanga, I was like, <laughs> like when Nidana got, was got pulled into the the tower of Zah, I was like, <laughs> my friends were like, "Are you gonna be okay, Serena?" And I was no, like, I don't think so. Not uh, until they're free. I I remember before Endwalker came out. I looked at Fan Daniel and I went, how the fuck are they going to make this character interesting? Fanny Danny. And, and oh. have like any depth beyond being a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Yeah. And then Endwalker and he says one sentence and I go, oh, no wonder he's a melodramatic bitch. I'm sorry, but they also like, like, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say he got hot, but oh, oh, I was Amon. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. I think um, they did such. A, they did do a good job with with uh, uh, Fan Daniel, uh, who a character, another character who I was like, wow, what a weak ass villain that I do not care about. Uh, the the tie with with Amon and and with Hermes eventually it mm -hmm. ends up it does end up working in a pretty satisfying way. Um, he has he has some great lines. Uh, of course, the greatest line that he has: "Still, you refuse to yield." He doesn't say the D. It bothers me, and now you're going to hear it every single time you do Zodiac. You're going to hear "Still, you refuse to yield" instead of with a D. Oh. So you can enjoy that. All I think about when I do Zodiac is I be I am become Zodiac. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> or at last, I am become, become Zodiac. <laughs> it's so That's good. What... I'm going to be honest. I did that fight once. <gasps> Oh, yeah. really? I the EX fight do really it does. again. You oh, haven't touched not, it. I I do not do trial roulette. Uh, my memory of it is blind sheer panic. Oh. The if you get a chance, the EX fight for Zodiac's really fun. Oh my gosh, it is! I actually um, just cleared it the other day. Nice. So uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, I just like to go into parties and um, you know cause chaos and go. What if I just lick the crystal body? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think the last thing I want to say about my general thoughts on Endwalker is, um, you know, like an expansion, it's not perfect. I think Pandemonium one through four have been way weaker than Eden one through oh. four were. Um, but overall they did such a phenomenal job telling the story. I'm blown away. I do have my concerns as to what comes next, even though, uh, like you say, Emmett Selk gave us a nice laundry list of all the other things to do, but like. We just saved the universe, and it's like no matter what, seven point oh has got to be. We got to knock that down a step. We can't 
go and save the universe again. We just tied up 10 years of lore and 10 years of expansions and story in, in, in one amazing moment. And we're not going to ever experience that again. And I've been dealing with a little bit of, of mourning, I think, from, from that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel very confident that we're going to go to Maricidia for the next oh, yeah. expansion. Because, and that will probably be there a while. Because, like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, they're going to they're gonna pull the plug eventually on you have to do all of the game before this point to do any more. Mm-hmm. how are they gonna how how can you sell to a new player it's already hard enough to sell okay so play all of our realm reborn and all of heaven's word and all of Stormblood and all of Shadowbringers and all of endwalker and now you can play the things yeah. that i'm doing you know right? you can't sell anyone on that so the next mm-hmm. x pack it's it's got to be something where you can just go there anytime you want I get what you're saying, but I, I got to be honest with you. I've been saying that since Heaven's War that you're not going to be able to convince people to keep doing it, but they keep making really compelling stories. And so, yeah, you kind of can keep making them. Yeah, I'm like, it. yeah, here we are. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. But also, Endwalker is such a good ending. It is. And, and I completely agree with you on that. The, the issue that we're going to run into then is like, we're we're a freaking god on, on, on this planet. They did not weaken us at the end. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a sneaking suspicion that the purpose of seven point one or six point one through six point five five will be during that case, during that time period, we're gonna have something akin to the bloody banquet. Something is going to knock us down a peg and and set the stage for another major world conflict at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. But something has to bring us down a step because we're already what, seven thirteenths of an unsundered at this point. We're yeah. real friggin' powerful. And that like I don't know what's going on in Maricidia, but I'm pretty sure we can handle it. See, I don't know. Maricidia has been so fucked that, like, my understanding is all we know of it as of right now is, one, the, some of the bad shit that happened to Alec when they invaded that shit. Two, mm-hmm. Tiamat, Tiamat's family are down there, and she's probably heading back that way. Yep. And three, every time you try to go to Maricidia, you die. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, listen, I'm I'm excited Yummy. about it. We uh I hope we get to visit some of the other shards and see what that's like or at least get to understand more about the other shards. Um, right? Like, I mean, especially cuz the- I mean, the it- it's all but confirmed that one of the other shards is a Vanadeel from FF11. I'd love to like understand if these actually are in the same canon. Uh that'd be super cool, but I don't know. There's a lot of things I want for the future and the nice thing is for the first time since 1.0, they can kind of just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, much, they, don't, yeah. they don't have an underlining story anymore because they we beat it. <laughs> now, on that note, we do have to talk about the Thirst Down because for the first time, we are allowed to bring all the Endwalker characters into our Thirst Down. And I'm going first because I want to talk about a very important story moment. And because I absolutely have to, I humbly submit to the Thirst No, no, mm-mm. I don't humbly submit anything. There's nothing humble about this. I'm going to kick the door down and say Vana is going on the thirst down. Um, I would <laughs> I would die for Mommy Heidelin. I would die for Mommy Heidelin. I l- listen. That's correct. We we got <laughs> I got to the fight and I literally sat there and and for the first time since I've played this game ever in this game, I went I don't want to do this fight because I know what's going to happen if I win this fight. I'm oh, yeah. I, I don't want to kill Mommy Heidelin. Um, 
she's my favorite and I love her and um she has such an she plays such an integral part in like my character's backstory and like not only the warrior of lights backstory but my but Callie's backstory that I've written Highland is such a major part of it like I don't want to kill this character <laughs> um I love her so I I do understand that perspective however after seeing the cutscene where answers plays and you get to see what it's like from her perspective. I know. And so, then you God. walk into the room and you see this giant Yoshitaka Amano boss fight model. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, First of all, right, this needs to happen. Let's do this. They, You're right. They did. They brought an Amano artwork to life for the first time ever i've never seen a 3d rendered living ready to fight amano artwork but heidelin was it i mean warrior of light's pretty dead on for that too Mm -hmm. Uh, but nothing like heidelin so on that note we do need to talk about two things with vana uh first is of course the mommy heidelin fight which was beautiful and wonderful at the end of the it scope which is again one of the greatest dungeons they've ever put in the game Mm -hmm. um but we also need to talk about Vana's final cutscene in Elpis before we come back to our time. I would like to say that Please. I, my friends and I have had a favorite quote from her oh. from that scene. It's when men <laughs> will no longer fly for they shall walk. I, I looked I looked it up for this episode. <sighs> no, no more shall man have wings yep. to bear him to paradise. Henceforth, he shall walk. Yep. I love that line. It is one of the greatest lines ever written into this game. It, it is... Was- it is right up there with that will seem a lot less amusing when we're forced to kill them all. Thank yeah. you, Thancred. <laughs> I that was that I was just like, holy shit. Yes, I know. It that whole sequence of um of, of getting to see the final moments before the sundering and what eventually leads because it's interesting to note that when we leave Elpis, she is not content on sundering the world she is going to say no i'm going to ensure we don't have to sunder the world i'm not going to put this burden on you my friend mm-hmm. um we're going to fix it here and now and it is only as she actually experiences the final days that she looks around and she you can see she begs her uh, the others you know like don't do this don't we we cannot look towards zodiac anymore we cannot we, this is you know we have to learn to move on and pick up and and let go what we've lost and they can't do it and finally she just breaks and says nope the world my friend came from is for all of its faults and all of its broken it made her or him whatever you happen to be playing as Mm -hmm. and it is worth fighting for and worth having and yeah henceforth man shall walk how fitting that the that one of only two characters we saw who fully and completely comprehends what death is entails and means is the one that did that yeah well i was what i was gonna say is we learned that it wasn't like half because you know how they're like half the people summon zodiac and then the other half it was just her as heidelin mm-hmm well, that that whole sequence, right, where we um, where we go through, uh, where, where she walks through, and you, what did you take that to mean? First of all, when she's walking along and becoming progressively more bloody, was that the sundering to you? Uh, no, that's each calamity. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, every single individual injury is a different calamity happening. Oof, Definitely, that's even that's even rougher. Yeah. There's uh, a reason she keeps mentioning that her power keeps getting weaker over time. Mm, that's a fair point. I 
she is such an amazing character. Vana really did end up being one of my favorite parts of the story. And uh, and m- beyond all of that, she is very thirst worthy. So uh, gorgeous, absolutely. So completely gorgeous. Uh, so yeah, Mommy Heidelin uh, nominated now to who, the thirst down. Now who's picking the white haired old lady? <laughs> You will not speak of Mommy Heidel in that way. Yeah, she doesn't look like that. She's <laughs> older than you. She's she, older than everyone else around anymore. She's Listen, older than everyone picked on the Thirst Down so far combined. Yes, I agree with that. Well, except welcome. for Emmett Selk's been on there, but... I was like, welcome to the Guild Zone. How you doing? Mm-hmm. I, listen, <laughs> she's gorgeous, and I love her, and I would do anything for her. I mean, I don't think any of us can say anything, because I think all of our uh, Thirst Downs are on the older side now i mean uh, this week for sure yeah definitely this week i'll go next actually um speaking of that so okay. i chose hithlidaeus transition goals <laughs> yes that's the first thing I, one of my trans friends came into my stream while we were uh while we were, while we were uh playing through that part and she goes oh my god hithlidaeus is such transition goals and i'm like yes he? yes he is he was such a pretty boy and honestly almost what i had expected from you know speaking with his um little ancient one version of him before you actually get to see what he looks like well first of all they used one of the bun boy faces for her because of course they did yes i was like i know that face that's a bun boy (laughs) (laughs) he's gorgeous i'm a little biased to the purple hair you know but he's he's very calm in the way he can kind of pick on Emmett Selk. Uh, by the way, we thought we thought uh, Thancred and Ariange were our gay dads. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Emmett Selk and Hithlidaeus. Yeah, Emmett Selk and, and Hithlidaeus are gay uncles for sure. Yeah, they are. They definitely. Whole oh boy. Um, first of all, a lot of great moments with Hithlidaeus, right? Um, the 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 shark stands out as a <laughs> as an amazing Hithlidaeus moment. The shark when you have that. Um, was, it's him. We have the sit down talk with. Am I already forgetting Endwalker? Maybe. The, the shark where where we run into Vanah by yeah, virtue of her falling out of the fucking sky killing a shark. <laughs> yeah, because he literally goes through like making fun of like shark movies recently. Like, oh, there's a two headed shark, and there was uh, uh, sharks in snow, and like, like, oh my god, we get it. You saw a lot of bad shark movies. Thank you, thank you, uh, Koji. Appreciated. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Serena was hearing the Japanese version. Wow, sugoi. I was like, I'm like. What the, what what is he saying? Because they don't give him they didn't give him a translation, so he's just going on and on. And I'm like, you really like sharks over there? Like, <laughs> hello? I was real confused. <laughs> I'm like, oh my what, god! What are you saying about them sharks, boy? <laughs> but they did a they did a good job with Hithlidaeus' character. I love that he's the kind of the the geeky sidekick to to Emmett mm-hmm. Selk, and he's like super compassionate and kind, and just like. It, from the moment like he first appears where he's like come on give her give her, give her some of your ether and he's like ugh all right like, fine on, do i, it. Do I, it, do I couldn't it. fucking believe how hot he was oh <laughs> my god he was so oh i uh, Look, all all of the shades in the amarat recreation i kind of was just picturing a bunch of dorks in hoodies and then we go <laughs> to the past and it's like oh no this is what it's like and then the two hottest motherfuckers that have showed up in the game to that point show up and it's yeah. like Fuck. See, uh, I'm. I was sad so like I was like I couldn't do Emmett Selk again for this round because I mean, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I already had Emmett Silk down there, so I was like, next best. I, I love like listen. I'm a proud lesbian, but yeah, man, Emmett Silk and uh, and Hippodeus, <laughs> uh, they they challenge that pretty hard. <laughs> By the way, did anyone else have the moment with Emmett Silk? Uh, do you would you give anything? Because I would, I would give anything to know the moment after. Emmett Selk dies uh, when we fight him in Shadowbringers where he goes, you know, remember, remember that we once lived and then he dies and gets all of his memories back if he just immediately went, oh, fuck no. God <gasps> fucking damn it. I uh, My my favorite would be like, he'd be like, motherfucker. <laughs> like immediately remembers everything that he forgot. He's like, oh, the is never going to let me live this down. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking appreciate the insinuation that I become some sort of megalomaniacal maniac. Mm. <laughs> do you think i become some terrible villain and also that plan's stupid do you think i would come up with a stupid plan that didn't work that's so offensive <laughs> he's like dead oh motherfuckers <laughs> it was the, the best emmett selk and uh Hithlodeus for sure i think Hithlodeus absolutely enters the thirst down yes definitely jiraku so i would like to point out that Hithlidaeus was not on the table for me. That was not an option for me. Why? Uh, Vinat, because Serena took him. I wasn't oh, yeah. going to take that. Oh, oh. oh gotcha. Holly took Vinat. I did. Um, and Emmett Selk was already done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I normally try to be on the... I like to use the thirst down as an opportunity to bring attention to characters deserving mm-hmm. it, like Radley Akeen. Um, but this week... This time, this episode, um, it's got to be Amon. It's got to be Amon. And now, to be clear, to be clear, not a horrible, awful Asahi body Amon. No, no, no. That's that's awful. You want no. Circus Tower Amon. I want fucking melodramatically weeping in the afterlife. Fucking crazy, fantastic lighting. He... He has the most powerful spell of all, and it's summon dramatic monologue. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Um, he does. And I had, before we even started recording the very first episode, I had already considered some characters that I would want to put on the thirst down. And before anyone knew that was who Fan Daniel was, Amon was on that list just saying. Sure. And, and, it sounds and, about right for you, actually. Yeah, yeah his fashion sense is incredible. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's the hat, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the fashion sense and the melodrama. It's because if he wasn't, if he didn't end up being Hermes, we, I can, I can actually seeing us go like, Amon, the guy from Circus Tower. Yeah, you're right. No, that 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 stands. I can see that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a controversial statement here. Controversial stance. I think Amon as Amon is hotter than Hermes. I don't believe you. I don't know. Hermes gave a bird anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want anxiety. I want dinner and a movie. Well, so, I don't know. That, I don't know that Amon's going to give you that either. He's going to monologue about he's, nihilism. He's, he's going to Amon would have like all the best fucking cooks around look look at that motherfucker and tell me he has cheap tastes all right he's going to take you on the fanciest fucking most ridiculous date ever and then he's going to take you to a theater or a play or some shit like that 
And mm-hmm. he's going to, in the middle of it, reveal that he was the villain of the play all along <laughs> because he orchestrated the entire fucking thing. He's going to jump up on stage and he's going to have been the mastermind. And psych, you weren't even there on a date with him. You were there to be a prop for him to do as he did his big fucking broadcast. I it's, love it. That's what's going to happen. And that would be wonderful and then you go back to the lab and you throw dice on whether or not the rest of this experience is going to be pleasant or not but i think it'd be worth taking that risk uh okay fair enough uh aman specifically uh although i think i think really the seat of fan daniel in general yeah hermes and aman pretty much enter enter into the thirst down and yeah we all picked Asians this week well well done uh because how unpredictable <laughs> welcome yeah who'd have thought that for our first uh <laughs> thirst down back we would uh all pick Asians. listen going into the expansion uh one person sort of got that prediction right but we're gonna visit our uh revisit rather our Endwalker predictions from way back in episode two uh we did episode two the night before Endwalker released and we made our final predictions about things that would happen in Endwalker. we are now going to revisit those predictions later on in the show and see how we did spoiler not particularly well but first we need to get into our discussion topic for today where we are talking about the sub dom relationship we took a little bit of time last week to talk about kink and uh, one thing needs to be said first and foremost before we get anywhere on this is that um we could do an entire podcast series on kink uh one segment of one episode is really not doing the topic justice because it's so massive and there's so much many different angles and elements to it like we could do an entire podcast series just talking about kink uh so we uh for anyone who thought maybe we came up a little bit light on our discussion about it last week first of all apologies we obviously have uh, uh about an hour and 20 minutes an episode to uh, get through our topics and get through all the stuff. And of course, on a week like this week where we have to talk about Endwalker, it can be hard sometimes to to squeeze it all in. But we we, we are aware that there is a lot that goes into uh, kink. And we're going to actually talk about an element of kink uh, this episode where we talk about the sub-dom relationship. And I want to start with this. Serena, Jiraku, Callie, have any of us ever been part of a sub-dom relationship? absolutely yeah yes me too so who wants to go first <laughs> the silence <laughs> mm. all right i'll I'm, start i i was prepping someone else too so i could okay. immediately go and our dom has stood up i'll i'll start yeah exactly here's the problem we're all switches here i, be, I believe we're all switches here yeah uh but sure. uh i'll start uh, so I was a, a, a career submissive for a very long time. And uh, so I have had my share of doms over the years. And I am uh, right now uh, functioning as a switch with my wonderful wife. Uh, however, uh, yeah, subdom relationships were major parts of uh, past relationships and a major part of the relationship that I'm in currently. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, big into the subdom relationship. Serena, Jiraku? I am very, very, very switch, but circumstances have meant that I pretty much always end up in the dom side of things. Uh, the tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, li- it's like being a DM or a player. Once you start <laughs> being a DM, you're always a DM. Hey, guess what? Same boat for that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
dungeon master in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. But I I have a bit of an extensive history with these sorts of things, yes. Yes. And Serena? Um, I am currently in one. Oh. Um, so, yes, I do have quite some knowledge. And as... uh, what name do you have for your special someone? Um, it really just depends on the time. Mm, um, fair Because we're both, we're both switches, so it's ah. really just like, who's being called what today? <laughs> Got it. So, we, again, so all three of us are, are switches. Uh, I used to be all submissive until I met a certain someone, and then that changed a little bit. Uh, but now, uh, all switches. And so let's talk about some of the elements of a subdom relationship and it is important to talk about because these are very very common in final fantasy 14 uh i don't know if you all know this but this community is kinky af and uh there's a lot of people who engage in these kinds of relationships in final fantasy 14 so let's start with this is a subdom relationship the same thing as a romantic relationship jiraku no I would I would say that it is along similar lines of how all uh, squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Mm. Uh-huh. 100%. Uh, like uh, every uh, relationship, you can be in a romantic relationship and have it be a subdom relationship, but yes, correct. It doesn't necessarily go the other way. Um, I know plenty of people who have engaged in a subdom relationship and they would consider themselves platonic, except for the fact that they have a lot of sex, but they're not in a relationship with each other. It is it, like it can get a little bit complicated, which is what brings me to my first very important point that I want to bring up is like so many things we've talked about on this show. One is imp- thing is important consent. And the other is communication. It's super important to know what kind of relationship you're getting yourself into, especially when talking about a subdom relationship, because it can be very easy to just get lost in, ooh, I'm going to get to submit, or ooh, I'm going to get to dominate, we're going to have you know some naughty times, it'll be a lot of fun, and not deal with, okay, but what if we start developing feelings for each other? Uh, or is that the idea? Are we already kind of in a romantic interest with one another, and now we're exploring a subdom relationship? You, That's a good way to hurt a lot of feelings, is to not have that conversation kind of clearly had and spelled out beforehand. I've known far too many people who have been like really good submissives to a really amazing dom, and then but they think that it is that it's love and that it's a relationship. And that's not what the Dom wants, or the Dom has three other subs that they also interact with, and it leads to heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, we could, if we wanted to, just update the logo for our podcast and just write communication consent on it. The two with C's. how much we bring it up. Well, two C's, and if you draw, if you add cock, you can have three C's. It's like it's the most important thing in everything. First of all, I've been in in the situation where I've been the one who done goofed. Where um, you know I was uh, I was a submissive to an amazing dom at one time, and um, they you know it was a lot of great role play, a lot of great uh, late night conversations, staying up, chatting, getting to really know each other really really well. And in my youth and foolishness, thought that that meant that we were an item. And when I discovered that they were also doming for a number of other people 
yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. It was it was a really tough moment, but an important growth moment and one that, you know, led to that really important realization of, hey, I probably should have outlined that before I consented to play. Because yeah. You, yeah. It's something you you got to know. Uh and the other thing that you also got to know and I think this is extremely important, especially uh subs out there and doms, it's important for both, boundaries. Uh you need to understand like what your sub wants to play with and what your dom is willing to play with and like there are just hard boundaries that you're not allowed to cross and you have to know that um too many doms out there think like it's my place to push my subs boundaries uh you know sometimes over the limits and it's not your place to do that. Uh, it is your job, your responsibility, in fact. Uh, you owe it to them to understand what their boundaries are and not break them, unless that's what they're looking for. If they're looking to have their boundaries pushed, great. Drop a safe word, and you're all good to go. But ultimately, it's your job as the Dom. Your goal is to ensure the other person is enjoying themselves. And uh, that, again, starts with a very important communication uh, discussion about boundaries yes um and i can say uh, i've actually been on the exact opposite end of that situation you were discussing oh where i have been dom in a relationship where i relatively early on started to suspect i was like this is getting i we communicated at the very start like this is platonic Mm-hmm. we're here to get off that's yep. what the point of this is that's all this is that's all this is ever going to be somewhere plato is rolling in his grave at the use of his <laughs> name in that context but okay he's, he's probably pretty happy about it i'm gonna he's, he was greek come on <laughs> that means fair. um and then you're three weeks four weeks five weeks in of getting to meet up like two times a week or so and it's like i'm not developing feelings Mm-hmm. That I am sticking to the plan, but I can feel that maybe that's changing. Uh-huh. And the thing that you do, if you ever find yourself in that situation, is you go, listen, I need to know, is this a thing that's happening? Because if it is, this needs to end. Yeah, we mm-hmm. got to stop. Exactly. But you run into the problem, though, sometimes where the sub, they don't want it to end. So they say, no, 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 I can handle it. It's fine. We're good. Yeah, and it's, and if you're a sub in that side of that situation, and I mean, it can happen the other way around too, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if that starts to happen, you need to have a conversation and either redefine boundaries or like cope with the reality that they're not going to change or break things off before it becomes a huge mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's not good for either of you. Because that's expecting something from someone, and you're never going to receive that. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think uh, it can play into like this idea of too many relationships uh, start off, especially subdom relationships, start off with like like you say, hey, we're just doing this to get off, and not everyone disconnects sex with romance like some people do i'm kind of that way like i don't really consider sex and romance particularly linked they're just different expressions of different things but not everyone is that way some people you know you know especially people who are more demisexual 
they're in, intrinsically linked and understanding how your partner is with that is is very very important because if you know this person to be very demisexual and you know that they are going to grow attached to the people that they're fooling around with like there needs to be a degree of first of all they need to have a degree of respect for you to be open and honest about that and you need to just kind of respect the situation and say hey when this is getting to be too much we probably need to stop yeah yeah absolutely I think uh, another really important thing I mentioned it earlier is having a safe word. And to be clear, a safe word does not necessarily mean some random word that you say. Uh, safe words can take all manners of different uh, <laughs> forms. Like I, I was in a relationship one time where our, my safe word, quote unquote, was three taps on the right leg. Three taps on the right leg means we're done. I yeah. I was I was gonna say mine's very simple because I have verbal and nonverbal ones in mm -hmm. case of situations where I'm not able to speak or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Either of us, so ours is three taps. Um, yep. Usually, just somewhere like we usually wouldn't be touching in that situation. Three taps, or if not, very simple. We're just like very simple, just so we know. Red, yellow, and green. Those oh. are our three kind of. I, how we're feeling i love red yellow and green uh for those who don't know what red yellow and green means is green means love it keep going yellow means we are nearing the edge of my boundaries and mm -hmm. red means we're done stop nope. exactly so yeah uh, yeah red yellow green can be very helpful that's literally the system that i <laughs> to use it's a good system it is it's effective it, it works it's, good. it's effective it's you don't you know those words it's not like when it's short it's unobtrusive the people that have like the interesting safe words and you're just like okay okay well i don't yeah i don't want to say banana ram out loud so I mean, but like will i remember that because like yeah i can remember oh that hey this is kind of hot but we are i'm i'm, the, I'm we're right up on the edge yellow mm -hmm. like if it goes any further i'm not going to be into it but right now yes please yeah um so yeah uh understanding your safe words and I, I need to, to get this off my chest about this goes out to the subs out there because, listen, I, I was one of y'all for a very, very long time. And uh, I made this mistake once or twice and learned from it and don't make it anymore. And now it drives me absolutely ballistic when I see other subs make this mistake. That safe word is there as much for you as it is there for your dom also. Mm -hmm. um, you have to use it. Do not try to just power through. Do not just try to say, like, I, I don't want to disappoint my dom. No, 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 no. Have respect for them. They are, you've had the conversation. You've consented to be there. You are committed to that safe word, meaning I don't want to do this. And when you don't use it, it takes the power out of it. And all of a sudden, your, your, your dom doesn't feel comfortable anymore. They don't feel safe pushing you to your limit because if they don't if they don't believe that you'll say it when you've gone too far then they how are they supposed to feel comfortable playing exactly mm -hmm. and uh, uh as someone who has been guilty of that first of all no one wants that scene no dom wants that scene doms put a lot of effort into what they do it is a lot of work creating these moments and these scenes it really really is and um 
no dom wants to get through a scene afterwards and have the person say, yep, it was great, it was perfect, and then they find out later that that person is uncomfortable now or they went further than they wanted to and they're not okay with it anymore. Like, no, that's, like, that is the worst feeling imaginable uh, to know that you did that to your sub. Like, and if if my sub doesn't use their safe word and I get put in that situation because of it, we're going to have a serious talk about whether we're going to play again because nope, that can't happen. You have to use your safe word. That's what it's there for. Absolutely. Because that's, like we just said, communication. That is a basis of that. You need to always communicate. And if you're not using something that's given to you to be able to do that, how how are you supposed to continue? Yeah. Speaking speaking for myself at least. I don't I don't I don't know enough to know if this is broadly the case for everyone. But to me a whole lot of the appeal of the relationship is that there is it's almost like there's a sandbox of what you can do, but the sandbox needs to have clearly defined edges. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be boundaries and lines and like okay, I don't go past this point, I don't go past this point. Because when you have those limits there's all kinds of space to be creative within that. Mm-hmm. And when you find out that the limits weren't what you were told they were, they were in fact different, or yes. you weren't told that you stepped outside of those limits, then suddenly everything feels like, oh, well, then it, even though it isn't really your fault if someone does that to you, it feels like it's your fault. Yes, because it was your yeah. scene and you were the one who was guiding things. So it feels like it was your fault. And that's like the in a true sub-dom relationship, the irony is the sub holds the final power. The, the sub is the one who actually holds the final say and the final power on that. They are the ones who have the magic word that says the game is over. Stop. Yes. Yeah. They have like the Absolutely. most power. That's, mm-hmm. and I know that there are some some subs out there who they hear that and they go, "Okay, well that's not any fun. That's not what I actually want." And it's like, I get it, but in a world where we value consent and we do, I'm sorry, but that's the way it has to be. You have to consent to what is happening here, otherwise, it's rape. I'm sorry, like, yeah. uh, and and it, that can go. In this case, both ways. If the only way you're okay with subbing is no, um, no uh, boundaries and no uh, safe word or any kind of like protection or any kind of way of letting me know if I've gone too far, you're putting me as a dom in a really awkward position that I really don't want to go in. And I got to tell you, you're actually only hurting yourself because when I get put in that situation, if I get put, if I have a sub who I'm, I'm playing with and they tell me that they it's no boundaries i don't need a safe word or anything like that just go do whatever you want you're about to see me play it safe as fuck i'm about to give you the safest si- play yeah I'm about, to, I'm about to give you like 50 60 percent as i try to feel out where your what your comfort level actually is but if you give me hard defined boundaries to work within and you tell me uh, you have this safe word just in case. I'm going to push you as close to those boundaries as I can feasibly get. And I'm going to I'm gonna freaking rock your world because I know where my limit is. I know where I'm not allowed to go past. So now that I know that, I'm willing to push all the way to 99% of that. And so, yeah, what I'm trying to say is subs, use your safe words, 
Be honest about your boundaries and don't be afraid to put some boundaries. Doms love to hear them. I hate being given a blank page and told being told to write whatever I want. No, give me a writing prompt. Give me something to work with. I will do way better work that way. I promise every single time. 100% agree. And Jiraku, you you write like you, you literally do this for a living. How do, how much do you like getting uh sent a uh hey can you write something about my character sure what do you want me to write anything the the one time i remember flat refusing a commission that was like otherwise like there have been times where it's like i don't trust that this person's actually going to pay because there's something really sketchy about this or like right. these other things. But the one time that it was like the it was there was no reason it needed to get refused other than I was like, okay, what do you want? And they're like, just do whatever. And I tried, I spent a whole day of back and forth. Like, no, you need to give me anything, something, something. Give me a setting. Give me a kink. Give me a fucking, I don't know. How many fucking characters do you want there? How long do you want it to be? Do you want it like anything? And they're like, nah, it's fine. Just do it. Like, well, and I fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And I get like, listen, maybe you're shy and maybe you're nervous to ask for what you want. I've met God knows enough subs and hell enough doms that are shy enough or too shy to ask for what they actually want. And that can be really tricky in its own way. Uh, because, yeah, there are kinks out there where not everyone's comfortable putting that out in the world. Not everyone wants. To, I don't want everyone to know what all my kinks are because some of them are different. And I, I get that, like, totally. But you're asking me to write something for you. You have to give me some some guidelines, something to work within, a hundred percent. So that's a little bit about uh, that's a little bit about subs and how to respect your dom properly. Uh, doms, let's talk about how to properly respect your sub. I'm going to tell you a little story about a dom that I spoke with one time who uh, prided himself on, and I quote, always being able to get their sub to use their safe word. <laughs> to, to which I said, then you're failing. Yeah. Uh, a 100% win rate as a dom for me is someone who has never had to use their safe word. I want to hear a lot of yellows. I don't ever want to hear a red. If I, if I made you, and that's not to say I don't want you to say red if I make you, but if, if I get you to say yellow, and you don't have to say red. We and 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 you, it's good, and you enjoy it all the way through. That's a win. That means we got we we took it right up to the limit of what you were able to handle and what you enjoyed and still wanted, and that's where we stopped. And that that to me is a is a job well done. But uh, this was someone who was thrilled to be able to get uh, who was capable of making their subs always use their safe word. And I'm like, well, that's not a difficult thing to do. You just ask them what their boundaries are and immediately do that yeah it's it's about it's something that's about as valid to be proud of as every time i've ever gotten in a car i crashed like well (laughs) jesus good work yes exactly it's as easy it's as easy yeah just just do the absolute most wrong bad incorrect thing you can think of for the situation congrats you did it you did it and really as the dom of course what your goal is is to yeah Let's be kinky and let's kind of push some limits. Be, we'll, we'll, you know, be deviants a little bit, but it still has to be sexy, right? Like, it, if it stops being sexy and I have to use my safe word because nope, not okay, 
that isn't like something you should be writing home about. That should be a learning experience for you to go, okay, okay, I've learned something about this particular sub. That was a hard no for them. I'll know for next time. And when we play again, you won't have to say your safe word, at least not for that reason. Yeah, I really don't think like them going, oh, yeah, everyone uses their um, safe word on me. Like, that's not a bragging point. That's. Well- yeah. Like, you know, uses right. Like, uh, that's that's not bragging to me. That's just. <sighs> that, that, first of all, that is literally saying everyone I've ever played with has told me to stop having sex with them. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know that you should be proud of that. And and the reason I tell this story is, is I mean, of course, it was a very ridiculous moment. I, I can only speculate how serious they were in that moment. But the reason I bring it up is to say, Dom's, you're goal isn't to push your sub over their over their limits your goal is to let your sub safely explore their limits and safely explore what their you know what their kinks are and what they're trying to experience you're trying to create a space for them to be able to experience the things that they have only fantasized about doing that is what you're actually attempting to do and so you know, respecting your sub, at least to me, is first of all, I don't even want to say always recognizing their safe word. That's a, a given because if you don't do that, you're it's rape. So you have to do that, first of all. Uh, the game is over. No questions asked when that word is said or that motion is done or whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be. But yeah, you're, you're, they should, there's a thing called aftercare, right? And aftercare is a common thing that uh, where the dom takes care of their sub after pushing them to their limits. Uh, and, you know, uh, frequently subs will remain in subspace for a little bit longer where they're kind of out of it and and dealing with the kind of the emotional ramifications of what they just experienced. And if you get your, your sub deep into subspace and you're, you're, you know, taking care of them and hugging them and holding them closely and reassuring them that they're okay. Like, okay, now you've succeeded. That's where your end goal is. Not them having to say their safe word and being like, we're done. Yeah. Jiraku hot take. If okay. you don't do aftercare, you're part of the problem. You're, like, you... you're a bad dog. <laughs> I was like, if you don't do aftercare, you're, I was going to say a monster, but yeah it's you're not good best best case ill-informed yeah worst case bad person bad person (laughs) uh yeah uh serena why don't you talk to us a little bit about aftercare well so my aftercare is really different um for my personal thing because after a scene i don't usually like to be touched (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, yes, like help them. If you had a, an intensive scene or anything like that, if you need like lately lotion, anything soothing, I'm usually like, please don't touch me. Give me my space. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of let me get there, like get back a little bit. Um, but that's just because I get sensitive afterwards like over i'm like i'm now overstimulated i need to be mm-hmm. don't touch me um but for everyone it can be different there's the people that they you need to like you said be there um and it really also depends on the type of scene you had mm-hmm. on well, what needs to be brought to the table for aftercare 
Well, I think, yeah, important pro tip, Dom's out there, when you're going through the conversation beforehand and talking about, hey, you know, what kind of scene do you want to do? What kind of kinks do you want to play with? Really, if especially if it's a new partner, an important question to maybe ask is, okay, and what does aftercare look like for you? What do you mm-hmm. need after we finish? Are you someone who needs to, do I need to hug you and hold you, you know, against me? Are you someone who is more like, hey, how about you just like stroke through my hair and just tell me I'm okay? Like, do you, or do you need me to, you know, uh, you know, uh, take the blankets off and just let you, you know, cool you down or what, whatever I can do. Do you need me to go get you a glass of water after done? Because aftercare can be as simple as that. Do you need a snack? Yeah. Do you need, do you need a munch? What can I, what can I get for you? Yeah. Unironically, my absolute favorite case was, uh, the partner that I would every single time should be like, I want a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I go cook lovingly wondrously make this fantastic thing um and i have never seen so much love in someone's eyes mm-hmm. as when i came back with <laughs> ridiculous pizza listen if 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 you rock my world in the bedroom and then make me pizza yeah you'd see love in my eyes too yeah <laughs> that, that that'd do it uh it's that's... a powerful tool pizza and it has been for a long time and it will remain so all right. Is there anything else any of you all feel uh, inclined to say about the subdom relationship? It's fun, and you should try it out with communication. Mm-hmm. And do your research. Yeah. Yeah. A, a real important point to make there. Do your research and look into all the different kinds of subdom relationships because it is like, just like kink, it is so vastly so varied you know there's there's pet play which is a very like hardcore version of subdom play there is um uh, a more traditional you know subdom there's bondage play and all kinds of there's there's a million different ways that this that this relationship takes form and uh yeah do your research look it up uh Make sure you talk to your partner about it. Understand what it is. Is this some? Is this a lifestyle choice for us, or is this a fun time in the bedroom choice for us? Because those are important conversations to have. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you, no one knows everything, and you're always constantly learning something new. And we'll say this: you have three resources right here. You've got three switches who have all been. Uh, well, actually, I guess I don't know for the two of you. Have each of you been both a sub and a dom in a relationship at one point? Yes. Okay. Only more recently. But yes, nonetheless. Much, <laughs> much more experience on the dom side. But Much more experienced on the sub side. Much more experience on the sub side as well. But uh, I have done both. And uh, yeah, feel free. If you have questions, you can reach out and talk to any of us. We're around. So, you know, you know where to find us at the uh, you can find us in the layer of the casuals discord, which you can find uh, at our uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter dot com slash W.O.L. cast X I.V. I'll make sure there's a link there so that you can get into the discord. There is a special Warriors of Lust chat uh, in that uh, discord server. And of course, the three of us are all present there as well. Yeah, don't I, be I am. I am. So, sorry. No, I go am ahead. A- I am notoriously bad at paying attention to things, but if you at me, I will respond, even if it's to tell you to go fuck yourself because you've added me six times in a row. I was going to say, don't ever be afraid to at me because sometimes I don't see shit. I'm going to at you six times right now. Please uh, do it. only do it an odd number for me. 
Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll at you five times. Okay, I like that. All right, wonderful. So that's what we're going to have to say about the sub-dom relationship. And again, just like our conversation about kink, there's about a million different other things that we could say about it. However, we're coming up on the end of the show here, so we need to get on to our last segment of the day, which is to talk about our Endwalker predictions. Now, uh, way back in the good old days of your episode two of the Warriors of Lust <laughs> podcast, where we talked about the age of majority in Eorzea. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you definitely should go back so that you can find out why you hate me. Uh, we talked about uh, some predictions for Endwalker, some lusty predictions about Endwalker. So I thought we would go through and revisit our predictions uh, now that M. Walker's out and we've completed it and we're past the spoiler embargo, I thought we'd go back, revisit our predictions and see how we did. So I'm going to start with my first one. We'll go around the table in basically the same order we did last time. Callie's prediction number one, that the enemy of innocence would get knocked up on the moon, that Callie would be impregnated on the moon and have a non uh, terrestrial, which we now know would be a non-Ethereum baby. Uh, did it happen? I uh, Callie is pregnant right now. Oh, however, shit. it didn't happen on the moon, so my wow. prediction did not come true. Uh, it was almost it, it came half true. She did get knocked up. She is currently pregnant. Uh, however, I, I would like to point out that in a way, that's probably for the best because. Yeah. I, I don't know what a half Loperate, half Makote would look like, and I'm okay with not knowing. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to technically be half Loperate, just I need to have someone go up to the moon with me and knock me up up there. No, it has to be Loperates. Oh, okay, fair enough. I've, well, yeah, I've determined that. I mean, if a Makote sleeps with a Viera, do you get a Loperate? No, that's a Viera with a Lalafell for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my first prediction did not come true. Jiraku. My first prediction was that the most overrated new character in terms of hotness will be Fortunal, and the hottest new character will be an Asian we haven't met. Now, I have seen absolutely nobody lusting over Fortunal, which is... I'm so happy. Yeah. The, so no, yeah, I'm so happy. <laughs> the, the thirst for Fortunal... Uh, listen, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to give you a half point on this one. Because uh, the thirst for Fortuno, there would have been thirst for Fortuno if not for, say, the people who made our uh, our thirst down today. Because That's true. They, <laughs> like the way the story was going, it might have been like a thirst down for Fortuno, and then Elpis happened, and there yeah. any chance of that just went out the window. And you could argue, I would, that. Um, the hottest new character will be an Asian we haven't met. We did not technically meet Vina before Endwalker by name. No, exactly. We we had seen we'd seen her once uh, in the and we'd heard her uh, in Academia uh, or Amnesis Aniter was it? Academia Aniter uh, it was. We heard about her there, but we hadn't met her. We had only. At that point, we had seen... Well, I guess we had seen her one time at the very end of 5.55. We saw her yeah, for a just, brief moment and spoke to her. Yeah, but we just thought she was Heidelin at that point. Yeah. In a different right. form. So you're so. right. Technically, uh, Vana, uh, an Asian we haven't met. Hithlodeus, again, Asian we have met, but it was only a, rem a memory of him. And uh, then in later in Walker, a shade of him. And then finally... 
the real him. But we didn't know what he looked like. So mm-hmm. I, 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 and then Hermes, right? Also, yeah, Hermes. <laughs> a lot of thirst for Hermes going around. So I would say uh, the hottest new character were Assians, plural, that we hadn't met. Yeah. That's true. All right. So I'll give you a half point for that, Jiraka. You were kind of right in your prediction. Uh, Serena, your first first prediction. My first prediction was everyone would would be obsessed with Fortunal because they have daddy issues. I feel like this one, Hardcore, did not come true. Oh, God, no. Not at all. <laughs> and as as you're kind of getting at, I'm kind of glad. I, I'm really glad that like we're not all like drooling over Forshno because here's the problem, right? He's I wanted di- to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, he's a dick, and like the twins have already had their their dad replaced by like Fankred and Urianje and the Warrior of Light. You know what I mean? Like they've already had their parents replaced, and w- we're super hot and not dicks. I, I also want to point out, I think maybe part of the reason is that the writing of him plays to both sides, the way he's mm-hmm. written, because if he was just a stone cold asshole 100% all the way through for minute one, there would still be those people that liked the heavens word that would want Fortunal. But right. then he shows emotion and is like, no, like I was only being an asshole because I didn't know what else to do. Because I, I love my to make kids. Sure you guys went to space. And so now the people that only like assholes do not like him. And the yeah. people that saw him as an asshole are like, well, it's cool that you had that moment with your kids, but also I don't want to make more with you. Yeah, but you uh, still yeah. suck. You're still a really bad father. Yeah, no, exactly. But I was like, when he showed emotion, then he was like, oh, and I was like, I still don't like you. <laughs> you still disowned your kids in front of everybody. Like, it wasn't even a private thing. You did it in front of, like, a leader of a of a, of a country, in front of the Warrior of Light, the Scions of the Seventh Dawn. You disowned your kids in front of them. You're still a dick. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, no points on that one, unfortunately. Uh, my second prediction, someone who has featured on the Thirst Down before will die in Endwalker. And I'm going to tell you the brilliance of it. Now that we've said Vana, mine came true. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours came true now for that mine, reason. Mine did too. Uh, I'm joking. Some, so I don't think mine has come true. I don't think anyone that we uh, have had on the Thirst Down has di- uh, died in Endwalker. That so, is not true. That is no? not true. Who am I missing? Hey, Emmett Selk. <gasps> yeah. Right. He did die for good now. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe. I mean, kind of. Probably. I, He's probably gone. I don't also think Xenos. I was gonna say so like the oh, very first. Yeah, like, no, the, Xenos, you're right. The pilot episode. Sorry, I forgot that that Serena's thirsty ass put Xenos no, on there. When did I put? I don't think I ever put Xenos. The pilot episode, though, I almost put Xenos, so he is mentioned. I'm, I'm going back. Like, I'm going back to check. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> he, check. He was mentioned because I put Xenos, if not Stola, but I went with Stola. I'm checking. It's true. Uh, it's still episode there. episode two. You put uh, Emmett Selk. I'm going back and checking all these episodes and make sure you I put did. Zenos on there. Nope, because then I did for November. Did Four a- was Aaronville. What did mm-hmm. you do in episode three? Wait, does this just mean that everyone Serena elects to put on the thirst down dies? No, because she's got Urianje and Aaronville on there. I put Urianje on there. You did. You did. 
And oh no, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think you did put Xenos on I there. I put I put Xenos, if not, and then I didn't do Xenos. Oh, which... I thought I thought you'd put Xenos in episode one, but you took put Mystesia on there. Mm-hmm. Damn. I was like, I would say technical because it's in the pilot episode, but I didn't actually submit yeah. him. That's fair. But we still I can still claim Emmett Selk, so I'm taking my point. Jiraku. Your second prediction. My second prediction was that we would have a post-credit sequence involving Hien and Yugiri either tying the knot or like just a confirmation that they are a couple. Uh, as I'm Hien's retainer. Uh, <laughs> it was way too ambitious to predict that that would be a post-credit sequence. Uh, um, here, here's the big problem. In general, it they was didn't a even show up. They didn't what? even show up in the in, in Endwalker. You didn't even hear from them. Uh, I have not done the quest line yet, but I heard that they appear in they the do. range DPS quest line. They do. They appear in the range DPS quest line. I've, I've done it. It's, it's really good. It's the best that you see of them. But, I mean, of the main MSQ story, no, they don't even appear, though. Like, you get one mention of them when uh, you're getting ready to go to Garlemald, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, uh, he and Yugiri send their best. Oh. Y- yeah. And yeah. then you look at Magni, and you're like, yeah, you're their best, huh? Okay, great. <laughs> no, Sadu was there, and Magni would have thrown a bitch fit if he couldn't come along. We all know that that's what happened. It was honestly all just because Serena was there, and not they, me. They just they just, they just, just let Sadu murder a man in front of everybody again. I loved it. <laughs> in, in Stormblood, they let Yishtola murder a man in front of everybody, and then in here, they let uh, Sadu murder a man, and it's just like, goddamn. He getting murdered left and right. I feel bad. I almost feel bad for Magna. Is that where I'm at right now? I have yes. to. Admire, who are you? <laughs> I have to admire the tenacity of a man who carries on after so many horrible, violent murders. Yeah, right. Like after, like I'll tell you what. After Yishtola called me little son in front of everyone and basically called me a boy and said step back, I'd be like, all right. Well, you know what? I'm. I'm. I guess that's it for me. I'm good. I'm out. I'm a, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Sui Nosato and hang out there now, please. Have you guys actually seen um, that someone went and talked to Magni afterwards? Oh my God! Does he say? And something? he's like, he's like, were there women folk on the moon? I <laughs> <laughs> swear to God, it's true. It's true. Oh my God, Magni, you're the worst. <laughs> All sympathy deleted. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I didn't, he sucks. Oh my gosh, you guys have not. Oh, I will have to log in and go talk to him because I feel like it's true because I've like only seen screenshots of it. Like he is still trying. That's He's like, so were there good. women folk? And I'm like, I'm gonna. God. That's, that's the best. By the way, uh, freaking uh, Sadu's moment of. Uh, uh, if she is such a warrior, she'll find comfort in, in my flame. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sadu. Okay. We love yeah. women, love women. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, listen, they're best friends. They're really good friends. Sure. In a very uh-huh. historical sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's why they uh, train together. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jiraku, for sure, negative one points on that one. That, uh, that, really went the kind of the other way i will say the uh the range dps quest with he and yugiri is very nice uh but they do not get married yeah i was ambitious 
Yeah. You a little a little bit of Icarus on that one. It's okay. Uh, It'll be soon. I feel it in my bones. Serena, your oh, last I, prediction. <laughs> my last prediction was bald Zenos. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean technically technically what? Te- no, not technically. Dragon, he has hair. <laughs> I know. Even as a fucking dragon, he has hair. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> he had hair no matter yeah. what. Also, I, in light of your two predictions here, you saying that eventually he and you, Gary, are going to get together just makes it hurt even more that they'll definite, double definitely never going to. Oh, oh you just don't God. trust anything I say is everything I say now going to happen. <laughs> I, I think your prediction <laughs> skills are suspects. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> A little sus. I mean, the last one I was just like, man, bald Xenos, because. Because why not? Why not? I agree. Why not, Bald Xenos? Uh, unless, so- unless your character, unless you played a character who is bald. Yeah. Then Xenos was bald at one point. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Technically speaking, you could get Bald Xenos <laughs> if you worked at it. Yep. Let, let's ask Lucky Bancho what percentage of the player base is bald so we can give you that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, Speaking of Xenos. I do want to talk about this um, because I said a lot of very mean things about Xenos, and I have been saying very mean things about Xenos since Stormblood came out. Mm-hmm. So for the better part of five years now, I have been saying mean things about Xenos uh, and the fact that I think he's one of the worst villains that they ever put into this game. However, they managed to make me hate him in this expansion when he stole my body. Bitch stole my body, and I was not happy about it. They... When we were on the moon and he said, oh, already your thoughts are turning to the the fight ahead and you're not interested in me anymore. I was like, bitch, I'll take you out right now. I'm ready to go. Uh, when he showed up at the end, I went, kill me. I don't care. I don't want to talk to you. However, that final duty oh. was so awesome. It was so unexpected. Yeah, what when, when we got through it and I was like, are they going to put another 8-man trial into this where we have to fight Xenos? Did they sneak an extra 8-man in this time around? Mm-hmm. And then we I saw the little the little uh illumination around him that signals single player duty and I went, "No fucking way." And it ends up being one of the coolest single player duties we've ever gotten to do with one of the most amazing cutscenes after there's ever been. And there's no way to replay a single player duty in this damn game until New Game Plus comes out. And I'm totally going to replay all of Endwalker just to do that moment again. Yeah, <sighs> I am. Because that duty, I absolutely loved it. Yes. And I like, I was like, holy shit. Because we just. We just kept punching. We just kept going. And then at the end where you just are punching each other. Yeah. Apparently, I, I, apparently they had to go through and re-record and, and re-model uh, for every different race for what that sequence was going to look like. Have you seen the Lullaful one? Please. No, but I'll bet you it's great. <laughs> please, please. It's so good. It's so funny. Okay. It's I'll, I'll have like, to go watch the Lullaful one. They got to like fucking jump off the ground. Yeah. Well, anytime, God, even just at the beginning when you're standing across from him as a lollipop, you got to be looking straight up at him. Even I, my character, my cat looks uh, like she only comes up to like his like the bottom of his tits. I have to look straight up at him. Yeah, even me. I like even Serena, like my character, I'm she's so short. So when I'm looking at him, I'm like breaking my neck. Mm-hmm. That la- whole last sequence, though, 
was it was so gorgeous good and i'm, I'm just gonna say it i have um Jiraku Serena, you two are both writers. Um, you you both like to do role play and write scenes and create moments. You know the the guilty pleasure moment, that moment where you're like, this is the worst kind of schlock, but it's the it's the kind of schlock that jives with my soul. Mm-hmm. You know you know that moment. Do you do you have those kinds of moments? Okay, can oh, I tell so often? Can I tell you what mine is? Can I tell you my 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 most guilty of guilty pleasure schlock moments? Let's hear it. It is. The scene where the hero almost died and all their friends are gathered around them trying to save them and crying and trying to bring them back. It is the most self-centered, schlock, guilty pleasure garbage in the world. And I can't get enough of it. And that final sequence there, after we get teleported back, I loved the teleport moment, that that silence with the teleport, the, the little communicator going off and sending you back. And then... You get to wake up with your friends, like shocked and like so happy that you're alive. And I'm like, oh my God, it's my everything. It is my guiltiest pleasure. And they hit me right in the feels with it. I watched that, I've rewatched that cutscene no less than 50 times. So, how do you feel now not having 32 alts and not being able to experience all of that? again before new game plus i've got three alts and i'm gonna start working on them <laughs> <laughs> now that you're thinking about it I, I, I got Raku, little... you're so nuts why are you playing through end i know fucking 20 I... different characters well, like the only thing i can't experience again is the single player duty which is totally awesome and the and the punch out at the end which is super cool oh my god i'm gonna do it on lily next i'm gonna do it on my viera she's oh, gonna look so cool fighting she's because she's got like purple and golden hair it's gonna look so cool when she fights Xenos. All right, I BRB, would... I gotta go level. I'm got... oh, sorry, show's got in. I gotta start. <laughs> I gotta start I got playing on Lily. Girl, I gotta go. <laughs> can I can I say two things real quick about that instance? Yes, please. Uh, the first is this is just another perfect example of something I've been saying for a really long time, which is I pity everyone who goes through the story first as a healer because having to do instances like that where your only gameplay option is to press the one key over and over. Oh yeah. Is- such a buzzkill, and I feel bad for every single white mage main who got to that instance and doesn't understand how fucking awesome it was. Yeah, because it because when you it, do it on DPS, it is so rewarding and so fun. Oh, if so you good. were a cool guy like me and leveled Reaper all the way to ninety and got to do the mirror match, yeah, that was the sickest thing in the whole game. I feel like the people who had it best are reapers and monks because if yep. you're a monk that final punch out had to hit something special if you're already oh. a monk like you know what i mean like the final punch out had to just be totally badass if you were a monk because it was weird for me i'm a you know i'm a dragoon i'm usually using my lance I'm like it's weird seeing callie throw hands she does <laughs> she a tiny scrawny miko miko girl I, it's weird to see her throwing hands it was, it was weird for me. I'm just a little Zayla with, and I'm like, I'm a black mage, but I'm throwing these hands apparently. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I do th- that whole sequence of him talking about burning through the candle of your life to, for one last great fight. Like ev- everything about that sequence, as much as I hated Xenosia Galvis throughout the entirety of it, it was worth it. It Stormblood, the 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 garbage with him and Asahi and in in Shadowbringers, it was all worth it for that moment. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but it was. It was <laughs> worth it to get to do that. 
Oh. It was magnificent. That, I think, is where we have to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank everybody for being here today. I hope you all enjoyed our initial reactions to Endwalker without spoilers, uh, or with spoilers, rather, uh, being able to talk about everything that happened. I hope you enjoyed our initial entries into the Thirst Down. Don't you worry. We've got a lot more characters from Endwalker that'll be joining people on the Thirst Down in the weeks to come, and more every time I play the game, it feels like, because uh, they, uh, uh, I keep meeting new people, and I keep going, They'd be good for the Thirst Down, actually. Uh, glad we could go back and revisit some of our predictions, which went, for the most part, pretty terribly. But we did, uh, we did, we did our best, and it won't stop us from uh, from making more predictions in the future. We also got to talk a little bit about the subdom relationship. And if you're uh, out there and you're in one, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you're not in one, I hope you might have taken something useful from it. Maybe you'll even give it a try at some point. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on social media on Twitter. That's at W-O-L-C-A-S-T-X-I-V. You can follow me on Twitter at Escalia, E-S-K-A-L-I-A. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Escalia. Again, that's E-S-K-A-L-I-A. Make sure you join the Discord server, the layer of the Casuals Discord server, uh, where you can talk to the Warriors of Lust, and uh, there's a special Warriors of Lust chat just for you. If you haven't seen our Patreon yet, Make sure you check out the Patreon over at patreon.com slash Escalia. Once again, E-S-K-A-L-I-A. You'll be able to get access to the episodes two days early. They'll come out on Fridays instead of Sundays for you if you give anything on the Patreon. Serena, where can people find you? Well, if you're interested, you can always find me at on Twitter at PurpleGothZayla. Or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Kieran Rose. And that's about it. Or you can find me in the Discord server. I'm here at me. I like talking to people. Uh, Jiraku, where you be at? I'm a recluse, and the easiest and best way to find me is on the Discord server. That is true. That is very true. At Jiraku. Easy enough, right? Very. Uh, All right. That's where we're going to wrap it. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. We'll be back in a couple weeks uh, pretty soon here. I don't know if it'll be on the next episode or not, but pretty quick here. We're going to be doing a special episode on trans issues in Eorzea. Of course, as a trans woman myself, uh, one a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, so we'll be covering that uh, some point here in the future. Next episode, by the way, is going to be halfway through the first season. Episode six will be halfway through our season. Oh, my gosh. I Already? Know. Right? Craziness. It, it, so soon mm-hmm. so soon and not even t-s-u-n uh all right that's a terrible joke that seems like a good place to end on that'll leave them <laughs> wanting more thank you so much for being here hope you all enjoyed the show and we'll see you all on the next one oh Bye-bye. i get it <laughs> damn it bye this is why our endings never make any sense <laughs> buttered toast <laughs> I hope you all know I'm just I'm just gonna keep like all 30 seconds of us laughing. I'm just gonna keep it all. There are people right now listening, like, is she gonna cut? She's why isn't this episode cut? The Warriors of Lust podcast is part of the Limit Break Radio Network, created by the support of its listeners, including patrons like Claret Corn. 
views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Callie Page, Serena Ema, and Jiraku Drake, and are in no way affiliated with the Square Enix. Opening and closing themes provided by Karai Karomi. Check them out on Twitter at Karai Karomi. If you want to support the Warriors of Lust podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash and make sure to follow us on Twitter at WLCastXIV.